Beards for Radio. Welcome back to an episode of the Beards for Radio podcast sponsored by Farbar. I'm your host, Joe. And I am your other host, Sasha. And we are here to break down the Disney Plus TV show, The Mandalorian. We're here to talk about the college football playoff matchups between Ohio State and Clemson and Oklahoma and Louisiana State, as well as talk about some of our favorite college basketball teams in the state of Michigan. So, Sasha, I'll let you have your pick of the roost of what you want to start out with. Let's start off with college football because it's so, you know, it's so fresh. The, um, the CFP just dropped yesterday, and I believe uh, number one was LSU followed by Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Am I correct? That is correct. Um, I think that they got it right. I really do. I think that um, Ohio State's slow start in uh, in uh, the conference game, the Big Ten conference game, is the reason why they kind of slipped because LSU just look like dogs from the from the get, you know, out of the gate. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm in agreement with them bumping up LSU, bumping down OSU. Not only that, um, F, F OSU, I don't like them anyway. So <laughs> in any any scenario where um, Ohio State is getting bumped down is just a, is a great scenario to me. Yeah, um, absolutely. Personally, I think all the Ohio State players kind of knew the results of the LSU Georgia game and knew, regardless of what was going to happen, they were probably going to drop down to that second or three spot. Like I think right. they knew, even if they lost, they were going to get into the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of personally think Ohio state was overlooking Wisconsin a little bit. That's a team they beat by what 30 in the regular season, you know? So, right, right, right. But yeah, I agree. Um, just the way LSU looked from wire to wire against the number four team, Georgia. Yeah. You can say Ohio state beat three straight top 10 teams, but when Georgia, I mean, when LSU looks like that from the get, it just, it makes sense. And I I don't have any issue with it. Yeah. So um, I believe it's going to be, is it going to be LSU Clemson and OSU Oklahoma, or is it going to be OSU Clemson? Ohio State's playing Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Fun fact, last time Ohio State made the playoffs, was also against Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl, which was a thirty-one nothing win for Clemson, I believe. Yeah, and so then, um, yeah, let's LSU. hope that happens again. <laughs> and then LSU versus Oklahoma. And I think Oklahoma is really nothing to scoff at. You know, what I'm saying I think they're sneaky good. I think they're going to give LSU a run for their money. Um, but I ultimately think Burroughs and LSU—they're just too good. You know what I'm saying? I think um, I think Burroughs is definitely going to go number one in a in in the draft, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But I, th- I think but, he's the Heisman winner too. Oh yeah, you know, and, I mean, and, and it's just crazy to see to think that Ohio State has two guys in the running. You know what I'm saying? Justin Fields younger, nothing to look down upon either. No. So it's like, hell, <clears throat> J.K. Dobbins really got talk for that too, deservedly so. But you you can also see why those those four players are where they're at. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking LSU is just, just definitely going to win. I I I hope 
um, Ohio State loses, I hope Clemson, because I, I want to see Clemson and LSU kind of go at it. But I wouldn't, even though I'm Ohio State or a non-Ohio State fan, I wouldn't mind seeing the Big Ten being represented. You know what I'm saying? So I, it's I like for kinda, me, it's yeah, I'd kind of like to see LSU versus Ohio State in the championship game. Um, you know, LSU, I think everybody would agree their biggest weakness is their defense. Their defense is really nothing to write home about. If Oklahoma can exp- can have any shot of winning, I, I, it goes without saying, it's got to be kind of a shootout type of game. Right, definitely. And, and OSU has, you know, possibly one of the best, you know, pass rushing, you know, ends that we've seen in a, in a long time, you know what I'm saying? Like game-changing. Yeah. You know, play. So, I mean, it's – I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the college football because I, I personally think it takes away from, you know, kids and other four- and five-star recruits getting dispersed, you know, evenly, you know, instead of just, you know, going to the top five teams every year. Yeah. But I, th- I think this playoff is going to be pretty um, – I, I think there's going to be some good games. I think they're all going to be close games. I think they're all going to be, you know – drag down knock down punch out you know games and i and that's what that's that's all i honestly because i got no horse in the race all i really want to see i want to see just good football you know from from start to finish i don't care if it goes into ot i don't care if it ends in the hail mary bob i just want to see good football over the um you know the holidays yeah and i do think these playoffs will be a lot better than what we got last year which was a pretty a pretty bad playoff semifinals overall uh one team that's missing from the playoffs for the first time is the alabama crimson tide and that's because they're going to be facing your michigan wolverines in the citrus bowl yeah not looking forward to this man um uh what kind of softens the blow is that oh alabama has a, a lot of studs out a lot of their wide receivers are out they're not they're hurt so they're almost like playing their second string which is still kind of scary because it's Alabama, you know. Right. They, their second string can probably definitely like start <laughs> at any other D one college outside of top five or six that we always, you know, seem to always mention every year. Right. So, it it it, it and to me, it's if they lose to you know, you know, essentially Alabama second string, man, it's not going to look good for Jim. It's not going to look good for him at all. But all the slappies are going to say, yeah, you know, who else do we got? Who else can we hire to be in this spot? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think it's a lose-lose for Michigan. They win. It's just, oh, well, whatever. If they lose, it's just like, see, they can't even hang with the, you know, Alabama second string. So, I think it's a definitely lose-lose for Michigan. Definitely going to watch it. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. I think if this was a year you want to draw Alabama in a bowl game, this would be the year. You know, uh, if if you ever want to draw Alabama in a bowl game, it would. True. It, it might be this year. You know, playing with uh, their backup quarterback, like you said, a lot of their wide receivers might not play. But you also don't know what the temperament of Alabama is going to be. You don't know if they're going to be bummed. Like, you know, we don't. We're not in the playoffs. It's the first time that the playoffs have been around and Alabama hasn't been in it and we're not in the playoffs. Or are they going to be like, hey, we deserve more respect than what we're getting? You know, a weird a weird concept for Alabama to say. But, you know, of this, we should roll out and blow out these fools, you know? 
Right, absolutely. And like Alabama's saying, like, it's not fair that they're in the playoffs is like uh, the Patriots uh, complaining about how they got cheated out of the last game <laughs> touchdown. And it's like, you guys get enough. All right, you guys are you guys are videotaping the Bengals practices. You guys yeah. get enough, right? Stop crying about that. That's the same thing like Alabama. It's like you really put you your really whining. Need to spy on the Bengals of all teams, right? Out of all freaking teams, dude. Right. So like, I th- I, th- I feel like Alabama's like the college New England Patriots. <laughs> it's almost like it's like they demand a respect they're, whether they're in it or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then. Definitely not as much of a marquee matchup, but Michigan State versus Wake Forest in the Pinstripe Bowl played at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I don't know. This this bowl game coincides with when I'll be working. I haven't decided if I want to get off work in time to watch it or just, you know, let it, let it fly. <laughs> like make my money or watch the Pinstripe Bowl. Right, yeah. watch – Watch Brian Lewerke throw for 40 yards one more time. Hmm, what do I want to do here? I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm interested to talk to our friend Mike because I haven't talked to him about the bowl matchup for Michigan yet. Uh, we, we have another podcast called the Paul Bunyan Podcast where we specifically deep dive on just Michigan and Michigan State. And he's he's a bit more optimistic on this type of stuff. So... It's, it's funny yeah, like, me, talking to you. Me, I'm not. Mike. He's like, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, 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 so for me, the glass is definitely half empty. For him, it's half full. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's, that's good. You get you get two different takes on it. That's cool. It so. is. I get to, I get to deal with both both sides of the glass, I suppose. Uh, right. But, yeah, Michigan State, there's not really too much to cover. Uh, don't know too much about Wake Forest other than, they were seven and one, and then they went one and three down the stretch. But they play in the ACC, which is notably terrible. And yeah, this is the first time they're ever playing each other Michigan State versus Wake Forest. And Mark D'Antonio has said that there will be no coaching changes until after the bowl game, which is code for there will be no coaching changes. So that's exciting. Well, let's let's hope that it's he's really like saying, hey, at least he's saying that there's going to be changes. You know what I'm saying? Be, like, be hopeful for that. At least he's kind of like optimistic. You know, it kind of it, it kind of sounds to me optimistic. We're not going to change until after the bowl game. So right. he's saying that there's going to be change. Right. If he doesn't, then this is going to look like a bold-faced liar. It's not going to be looking good for him. I hope know? that's the case where he's saying there will be change. It's just going to be after the bowl game. But we'll see. We'll see. We don't really have to talk about Michigan State too much. Well, football-wise, we don't have to talk about Michigan State. Um, but, yeah, uh, predictions for the playoff. Who you got? I got LSU winning it all. LSU winning it all? Um, I got, yeah, I got LSU and Clemson, but I want to see LSU and OSU. I think if, but I think LSU's going to win it all. If Ohio State gets past Clemson um, – which this is kind of a weird situation for Ohio State because a lot of people are actually taking Clemson, and Clemson historically has the edge over Ohio State when they come face-to-face. But it's been said all year long, this is a different Ohio State team. It's just different from what we've seen. It's on a whole nother level. I think if they get past Clemson, they beat LSU. Okay. So, yeah, I, I have to ride with Ohio State, I think. But I, I do love the storyline of Joe Burrow, former Ohio State backup, facing his old team for all the all the chips. 
I'm excited if, if that happens. Right, right. I mean, there's so much, uh, you know, you know, animosity that would be in that game. So it'd be great to watch. I think, you know, we're going to see a good playoff in uh, college football this year. Pretty good playoffs. I think it's, uh, uh, it's going to be a juggernaut both games. And the third one, obviously the championship one, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a brawl. I'm excited. Michigan State was the preseason number one team pretty much in every every book you look at. And I think most Michigan State fans would have told you if, if you if you tell each, any Michigan State fan who's been watching for 20-plus years, this is how it's going to be at this point in the season, they probably wouldn't be too surprised. To me, Michigan State uh, sitting at 6-3 and three right now. What concerns me the most is just the shooting. I, I didn't think that shooting would be this hard to come by. Um, I, thought, I thought Gabe Brown would be a little bit better of a shooter. I thought um Marcus Bingham would see some more time on the court which he's he's gotten the starts but he hasn't really gotten as many minutes but yeah I just I'm not worried about Michigan State too much I still think they rebound excellently at times they play great defense um but yeah when everybody was picking them number one they thought Josh Langford was going to be a, be available and they thought there was a possibility Joey Hauser would be available and Right now, neither of them are available, nor is Rocket Watts. And right, I'm I'm hoping like what we saw the other night against Rutgers was Michigan State having to tough out a game, and I think that's good for them because against Duke, like they they came out firing, but there was just a sequence that happened where they just lost their toughness. And Tom Izzo said it was embarrassing, and I I agree, it was embarrassing. For all Michigan State fans, especially considering that it happened on Draymond Green's night to just get outworked by Duke like that. Like, the talent is another discussion. Like, yeah, Michigan State really wanted Vernon Carey, and of course he goes for, you know, 26-10 and 10 or whatever it was against Michigan State and is, is really the biggest difference in the game. Like, if Michigan State has Vernon Carey and Duke doesn't, yeah, Michigan State wins that game. But that's just the nature of the beast. Duke will get more players that Michigan State wants. Um, and yeah, you know, Cassius Winston, I, th- I think he's playing about as well as he can at the moment. Uh, I worry about working him too much in these types of games before rocket Watts got hurt. I had made a note that I wanted to see rocket Watts come off the bench as the backup point guard against teams like Oakland and Northwestern and Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan. That's their next four games before January, but then rocket Watts, missed the game against Rutgers and might miss the game against Oakland, maybe Northwestern. And it's, it kind of sounds eerily similar to how they were talking about Josh Langford last year. Like at first they were just like, yeah, we're sitting Langford because of precautions. We don't want to risk anything. And, you know, eventually it became a season ending injury, possibly a double season ending injury. So, yeah, my my concern would be shooting right now for Michigan State, but other than that, I I still think their ceiling is very high. They have a lot of players who can grow into their roles, and I think they will. Yeah, my my takeaway from Michigan State is that you know it it pretty much is being led by Tillman and your boy Cassius, and Cassius, you know, has had one of the rockiest starts you can say. Yeah. For a player, man, losing losing his brother like that, family issues, and he's not missed a game, not missed a practice, has been headstrong, has 
the definite leader of that team, but you can you don't know how mentally he is. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how, where he's at. You know, he, he could be there physically, you know, and, and he can say all the right things, but if there's something in the back of your mind, you know, I know any human being knows is that it's it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to well on you. It's, uh, it's going to dwell on you. It's going to wear you down. So I hope that's not the case for him. What I know from Michigan State, since, you know, like you said, Langford, Watts out, is that where's their spot-up shooter? Right. Where's the McQuaid? They don't they don't have a McQuaid that, that that's gonna hit that big three when you need it. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't see Henry doing it. Um, although I like him, I like the young man Henry. I just I, you're right. It's like where are their knockdown shooters at? Yeah. You know? And I think I, I think in in a in an era of basketball where, you know, the, there's there's you know the floor is is, is spread out. There's a lot of space. It's a lot faster. It's it, it's it's shoot shoot shoot. You know what I'm saying? I, I can see that being kind of detrimental to Michigan State. But then again, it's Michigan State. They 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 always get right. through it. You it's, know what I'm saying? They got Izzo at the helm. So their their method is proven. Like on the years where they're playing their best basketball in December, those are the years where they lose to somebody like Middle Tennessee State in the first round. You know. Right. Like, it's been proven time and time again that Michigan State's not known to be playing their best basketball right now. But it was concerning that it didn't look particularly like Michigan State the other night against Duke. Um, But, yeah, I just think there are so many players that are adapting to new roles. Really, the only player that doesn't have a new role is Cassius Winston because Tillman last year for most of the season was coming off the bench (laughs) – and playing some at the four, some at the five, and now he's just all 100% of his playing time will be at the five. And there's not a whole lot of depth behind him there. I would like to see Julius Marble, the freshman, get some playing time this month at the five because I think he's got a Big Ten body. And, you know, at, at worst, you know, he can give five fouls to somebody like a Vernon Carey Jr. or Caleb Wesson for Ohio State if, when they face up. But, yeah, Aaron Henry, his game isn't really the spot-up three-point shooting he can do that from time to time his his game is really taking it to the rim driving slashing getting fouled and the fact that he only took two shots against duke and they both came late in the second half was extremely disappointing he was he was seeking a shot better against Rutgers, and i think he really is the key to michigan state reaching any of its goals this season is him and i think gabe brown those Two sophomores, I think, really hold the keys for Michigan State. Right, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that, man. And then, you know, down the road in Ann Arbor, um, you know, they jumped from twenty-five to four. I didn't, I or not my bad, not even ranked to four. Yeah. I, I personally did not like that. You know, what I'm saying okay. because I personally, I personally like. You like flying under it, the radar a bit. Yeah, flying under the radar, but not only that, it's just like it's. It's Juwan's first season. I don't want it to be overhyped. I don't want it to be, you know, like, I guess, I guess, like, I don't want them to get their bravado up, you know what I'm saying, just to get knocked the F down. Because, like I said, when we, when, when the season first started, you know, a week before we, when we had our, uh, our cast on the week before, you know, college football, basketball started, like, I wasn't expecting, I just wanted them to compete. That's all I wanted to do was them to compete, leave it on the floor. And they did that. They did that in the Bahamas for the Battle for Atlantis. They took down UNC, which UNC is not looking good, but it's, they're still yeah. they're UNC. But Gonzaga's you know what I'm saying? Good. 
Gonzaga's look good. They handle Gonzaga well, you know what I'm saying? Then they come home and they lose to Louisville, which is cool. It's number one. I kind of, in, in in a way, not upset that they lost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's the number one team. A lot, a lot of people were calling, oh, well, they're, you know, they got jet lag. It was three days later. They, the yeah. jet lag was done. Look, don't, don't tell me about jet lag, they, you know? They had a game where they didn't shoot it particularly well. They still played pretty good defense, I thought. They still rebounded pretty well, even though that's not necessarily their biggest strength. And, no, Louisville didn't shoot it particularly well either. But when I came but, in, really like, Louisville went on a run to go up. I think it was 15. This was early in the first half. This was right before halftime. Louisville went up by like 15 or 16. They went on a run, but Michigan responded really well to that, went on a run of their own. And yeah, it was 28 to 18 at halftime, but it could have been a lot worse than that. So I thought Michigan responded pretty well when they were dealt some, some good runs by Louisville. Yeah. And what else I like about it is, is that, you know, you know, kind of like, Stepping, uh, stepping aside, go to the NBA, but I'm going to come back is Beeline in the NBA is having problems with his Cavs right now. They're not buying into his system yeah. at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So, like, jump back to Ann Arbor and Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard is kind of like doesn't really have a system and he's like everybody's playing. Yeah, I've seen everybody play. I've seen Castleton to Austin to Johns play. You know what I'm saying? And like I like that. I dig that. The Julius is playing a lot more. You know what I'm saying? He's having these kids play more. You know, the, the minute uh, Franz was eligible or, like, off of uh, back from injury to play, he was in that game. You know what I'm saying? So I like the fact that he's rotating these guys in. He's he's uh, showing them pictures. Uh, I, I think it's P.J. Tucker. I forget who, who the pitcher is. He's showing a picture of an <laughs> of a, a NBA player in the USA uh, uh, Olympic team shirt. I think it's P.J. Tucker. I'm wrong. I don't know. But he's showing that picture, and it's like, it's like, even when they're even when they were up big against Gonzaga, dude, he was still coaching like he was 10, 10, 20 points down. I like that. I like that a lot. I think Juwan Howard has a lot of passion for Michigan. I think he has a lot of passion for the game. I think he has a lot of passion for being in, in, in college back to where he's at. So, you know, I had some, you know, tribulations on him coming back as a Michigan coach because he's never had a head coach job but then again man and every he's he's played basketball on every level he's been successful on every level you know he you know you pick up stuff along the way you get to pick up stuff from you know your mentors your older players your vets your coaches you know and then you get to go jump in the coaching world you know yourself being an assistant down in, uh, in miami so yeah i think this is you know it's rubbing off on the kids he's dancing with them in the middle of you know the bahamas and atlantis yeah you know what i'm saying i think i think he i think he he resonates with these kids. You know what I'm saying? You know, he can tell them, I played with Weber. I played with Jalen. I played, you know, I played with LeBron. I played with D-Wade. I played with these guys. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm all, you know, so they can look at him like, oh, like, wow. Like, I want a career like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. So I think it resonates with his kids. I think that's their t- taken to the floor. But I still see some stuff I don't like. Right? Number one, Zave still can't shoot the ball. Okay. Teske is still getting thrown around, thrown around in the post. Luca, Gar- Luca Garcia put up 40 on him against Iowa. You know what I'm saying? So I want to see, uh, it, being being a big man, John Howard was a big man, and he wasn't like the biggest big man, right? Yeah. But he played bigger than he was. I kind of compare him to, in a way, like a Charles Barkley. You know what I'm saying? He's an undersized big man, but he plays bigger than he is. Therefore, he can play those big man spots. So I think 
he's going to teach these guys how to bang. I saw Castleman go up strong one game. He missed the dunk, but he still went up strong. I liked seeing that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy where they're at, but I, I don't like the fact that they jumped non-ranked to four. You know what I'm saying? But they recovered nicely. You know, from the loss they got from uh, from Louisville. So I, I'm pleasantly surprised with this team. I still don't. I still have my reservations on them yeah. because it's a first-year coach, and I'll still give a first-year coach a pass. But what he is doing right now hasn't been done in Michigan basketball since Steve Fisher. And you know who the last guy to win a championship for Michigan was? Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher. So I, I'm not going to say, oh, oh it's, a, it's a definite baby. Life of Danny, Michigan, <laughs> go into the big game, baby. You know, I'm not going to be like that, but I'm, I'm happy with what I see. Absolutely pleased with what I see. And I haven't, I haven't missed a game. <laughs> uh, I, I'm watching on my phone, so I, I, I'm, I'm very pleased with what I see. And yeah. uh, it, it's, it's making me, making me want to tune in. I've, you know I've what I'm saying? Very so. pleasantly surprised by Michigan. You know, we right. talked about it last year when Beeline left. We were like, you know, Izzo and Beeline kept talking about this being a rivalry similar to the likes of Duke and Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky. You know, those great in-state basketball rivalries. And we thought it was going to take a little bit of a step off. And it, it might still. You know, Michigan's playing extremely well at the moment. I, I hope they can keep it up. Um, but, yeah, Simpson, he's actually averaging 12.3 points per game right now. And, yeah, it's still early. But yeah, that's, I think they're all that's far and away the most points he's averaged to, uh, in a season. And he, he's not taking as many shots, but he's shooting 43% from three-pointer, which is – almost like what Cassius was shooting from three a couple of years ago when he was kind of like third bill on the team behind Bridges and Jaron Jackson. Um, but yeah, I, I just really like the defense that Michigan plays. Every time I, I watch them, it's like the other team just forgets how to handle the ball. Like there's just turnovers galore. And I'm like, oh man, they're so lucky. But it's, it's really not luck. It's their defensive scheme and the players that they have. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't think Howard would be a bad coach, but I was just like, I wasn't sure what kind of pedigree or what kind of team he would have like right away. I was more concerned about Michigan's roster because, you know, we, we thought Eli Brooks was going to be starting at the two. And I was like, Oh man, that's going to be rough for Michigan. But Eli Brooks has maybe been one of their second or third best scoring options on the team. Right. I mean, he's, he's definitely fixed. I don't know if he's fixed his three-pointer, but he's definitely found his groove from three. Um, yeah, la- la- last year I kept on saying he looks like uh, looks like, <laughs> he Dave, looks like Chappelle. Dave Chappelle in the Prince. Dave Chappelle when he was Prince playing basketball. But boy, you know, keep them curls in your head, kid, because I don't mind what he's doing. Um, <laughs> he's playing. He's playing stronger too, and he's taking it to rack. Um, so, like I said, I don't mind what's going on. I really like the job that Juwan's doing, sometimes he'll sit back and he'll let, Mar- he'll let Martelli jump in and, you know what I'm saying, and and, and give his, you know, two cents and kind of guide Juwan Howard too. I like how Juwan's kind of like saying to his assistant coaches and he's bringing them into the fold as well, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, he's, they're, he's they're, not too, like, prideful. He's not too, you know, I'm the coach, I got to run the show. Like, it seems like exactly, he's, he's, exactly. And, and you he's know what? That's because to realize that he's a first-time head coach here and he's got some experience on his staff that he's willing to trust. Right. And and, and another thing is, is like, um, 
think it was Jalen or Chris that was talking about Juwan even back in even back into uh, college days that he was always the adult in the room. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He was always the big brother in the room. So, like, I kind of got that vibe from him when they're in the, in in the huddle and Juwan was sitting there was sitting there staring and smiling at his guys while Martelli was breaking down what they wanted to do and he's looking at them like yeah yeah so it's like he's you're right he's not he'll he'll swallow his pride for the betterment of his team for the betterment of the coaching staff the players you know the program and man like I was like I said I I was on the fence with uh with uh um Sean Howard now dude I'm all in with him I'm, I'm I'm so glad he's here I'm so glad he shows the passion he did and um you know I just I just hope uh <laughs> This continues on the recruiting, you know, road after the season, you know, and I hope I hope Isaiah Todd, you know, doesn't want to go overseas and make a million dollars, <laughs> and I'd rather have him come over here selfishly. But if that little if that man wants to make his money and go overseas, go ahead. But I think we're gonna have a lot of um, recruits that Jalen's gonna bring over here just because who he is, his pedigree, who he knows, what he's gone through. So I'm 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 pleasantly surprised with this team, and you know wherever they go from here, I I'm I'm happy, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I I certainly didn't expect them to come out of Atlantis, not just with the or you know, the Bahamas. It's not really Atlantis, <laughs> right? Um, right. I, I didn't really expect them to come out of the Bahamas, not just with the wins, but with the impressive, emphatic wins that they had. So, yeah, to this point, you know, I I think the jump to number four was kind of warranted for Michigan. Albeit, you know, we're early in the season. Rankings don't really mean as much. But, yeah, I think, believe it or not, both Michigan and Michigan State losing the way they did the other night in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, it it might overall be for the betterment. might be wake-up calls, especially for Michigan State. And then for Michigan, you know, that's just what they look like when they're not throwing up the ball and it just goes in. You know, like, that – I haven't been able to watch them as much, but every time I've watched them, aside from the Louisville game, it seemed like they were pretty much shooting lights out. So yeah. to see them and it, not abandon ship when they're just not shooting well, like that, that should be an encouraging sign for Michigan. Right, right. That just, I just, plus they don't have really, they really have no guys to take it to the rack, you know, put it on the floor. Like, like before we had Matthews. You know right. what I'm saying? Matthews could put it on the ground, and he could t- he could put it on the uh, parquet. He could take it through. He can stop, do a little fadeaway. We don't have really uh, slashers like that. So, like, they hoist up shots, and when they're yeah. going bad, I, I, ho- I, I hope Simpsons, they find another way to. I think Xavier's you know, probably the best option at getting to the to the rack. And throwing Still. up a hook shot. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of expanded on that a little bit. Um, right. But, yeah, I – Obviously, you want to win every game, but I don't mind where Michigan State's at, 6-3. and three. Um, You know, if, if somebody didn't watch the game and they just saw the score sheet for the Duke game, they'd be like, oh, Michigan State lost by 12. That sucks. When it was, it was really, like, much more of a blowout than that. But, yeah, we'll see where Michigan State goes. Like, we know they're not playing anywhere near their ceiling, but it's, it's not far away January 5th. Like January fifth, Michigan's coming to town, and if Michigan's still playing like they are, then Michigan State might be in for a wake up call. And they got embarrassed on their home court against Michigan two years ago, and you know they embarrassed Michigan three times last year. Right. Like, there's a lot of factors into that game besides just the players on the court. But yeah, that's, that's coming up quicker than you might think. 
And then another thing, man, is that right, right behind them, right there, is Ohio State. Ohio State's ranked high this year, this year too. Oh, Ohio you know State ahead of both teams right now. They just got right third. I they think got third all place. the right spots in all the right places. Like, and they I really like their coach, Chris Holtman, is one of is my second favorite Big Ten coach. Right, it, it, who's your first, Izzo? Oh yeah, you know that's my. Oh that's okay, my all right. I'm just making sure. Just making sure. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, so that, we we got to contend with that too, man. Big Ten's looking strong in basketball again this year. You know, just like last year. So it's gonna to be a wild it. ride, man. To be a wild ride, uh, the, the the first three months of the season. I mean, the first three months of next year. You know, so yeah, this it's gonna be a year I think where the Big Ten champion has maybe up to six losses. It just might be that. Endo. All right, flipping from our college basketball, we're going to go over to Disney Plus and Plus. the great show that has outstreamed Stranger Things for the most streamed show in streaming history Star Wars, The Mandalorian. And let me tell the you The Baby Yoda the, Show. The Baby Yoda Show. It got me hooked from the very first second I watched it. I think my favorite episode was episode 2 when he when he deal when he dealt with the scavengers stealing his uh, parts of his plane and then they, they hopped into uh uh you know Elon Musk's uh Tesla <laughs> cyber van and they took off <laughs> and they took off down uh you know and uh yep. you know Mando had to go get his stuff from him. But it I, it, it, I really like chapter 4 where him and the, uh, the female bounty hunter in hiding are on the planet, uh, like the farm planet, and they kind of defend the people against the raiders. But it turns out that the raiders have an ATT walker. Uh, but those raiders, they had like bulldog faces. Those were some of the coolest creatures I've seen in Star Wars. Yeah, that that you know what that was that was cool too. But I, I like how they defeated them and they trained the villagers to fight back and everything. But yeah, I like how they almost made the walker look like. It was alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody yeah. was in there. It kind of looked like it was its own entity. It had red lights on the inside. You could see it. It was, see it it like, was like comprehending the ne- that the next step was going to be into a lake and they would, you know, lose its balance and fall down. Like, yeah. Right. And then, like, like I don't, I don't know, dude. It's like every, every second of The Mandalorian, I love. I don't like the fact that they made, um, what's his faith? Carl Weathers, a totally different <laughs> character. You know what I'm saying? And he's not Lando. It's like, oh, it's what is Lando's twin brother on another planet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, the whole everything is, is centers around Baby Yoda. And, like, I've been talking to people and they're asking me, like, w- w- what's going on? Is this Baby Yoda? I'm like, no, Yoda's already dead. Right. Yoda's been dead. You know what I'm saying? This is this happens between episode six and seven, I believe, right? Five years after six. Yeah. Or, or five Empire, years after the five. The fallen. They're still some imperial enthusiasts or, you know, obviously some stormtroopers walking around, but. Right, right. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like a post-World War II in a way, you know what I'm saying? Bit. You know what I'm saying? With, like, the Nazis around and there's they still have, like, they still have, like, the, the imperial, uh, you know, the monetary, the money, the imperial money, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of remind me of, like, post-World War II, but. Like you said, it centers around, you know, baby Yoda. And people are asking me, like, is this new? I'm like, no, Yoda's dead, dude. So is this his kid? I'm like, listen, one thing that's been constant in 40 years of Star Wars is that Yoda's species was never talked about. Yeah. Was never written upon. Was never, they never talked about it. So 
to me, is Mandalorian the start of knowing Yoda's species, or is Baby Yoda an actual clone? Because Yoda went and got the clone army to help him out. That's right. right. That's what I'm Yoda looking at figured right that now. out. So where? So did Yoda say, "Hey, I see this happening. I am about to die. I'm gonna be this Force Ghost. We need another me around." So did Yoda literally clone himself? For the betterment of the future. And if that's the case, are we going to see anything from Mandalorian in this show? Is it going to go into Rise of the Sky, uh, Rise of uh, the Skywalker? Skywalker. Yeah. In in, in, uh, episode eight. Are we going to see, or episode nine? Are we going to see that? You know what I'm saying? Are are, are any of these characters, are we going to see Baby Yoda uh, in the last movie, right? Are we going to see the Mandalorian in the last movie? You know what I'm saying? Is any of this that we're watching now? Gonna trickle right. to the movies maybe, on the big maybe that's how I don't we know. Have Emperor Palpatine in Episode Nine, right? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But like, I love everything about the Mandalorian. Fridays come, I can't wait to watch it. Like, I, I cannot wait for Fridays just for Mandalorian to drop. It's like, yeah, it's it's an exciting show, and it's it's so well written by John Favreau, and it, it seems like they do have some guest directors on a few of them. Like, he doesn't solo direct all of them um, yeah bryce bryce dale's ha- howard did one she, yeah she directed one of the shows that was crazy i didn't i didn't notice that until i saw the credits at the end of, end of the show and chapter five did leave us with a little bit of a cliffhanger and some mystery uh who was it who came and visited the supposed corpse of um what's her uh, what's her name i think it's fennec fennec uh fennec I can't think her last name yeah, Pelimato. Right. What's cool about that actress too is that she plays in uh, Agents of Shield, so she's she's now in the Marvel world and the Star Wars world. How cool is that? They're like, like if that was me as an actor, it's like you could kill me now. I, I don't have to act a day in my life. I can say, hey, I was part of Star Wars yeah, and Marvel. Right. So I'm good. Eat it, right? Um, but yeah, it's. it's funny that it comes out you know just in time for everybody to be all everybody's kids to be asking for baby yoda presents for christmas too you know what i'm saying oh they knew those happened i already got a <laughs> i already got I already got a hoodie for my uh for my uh six-year-old i want a baby yoda hoodie i said okay so That's i had to awesome. go find a baby yoda hoodie and they're like 40 bucks for a little kid's hoodie they're banking but um hey it's star wars man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want they've been relevant for 40 years but yeah I- like like you were saying, it ended on a cliffhanger. So who's it going to be? Is it, it did Boba come back? Because they are on Tatooine, right? Yeah, that that episode was on Tatooine because they were they were at Moss Eisley. Right. So so we all know what where where Boba was last seen. Mm, that's a good point. In the Starlag pit. And so is it him? But I really think it is. It's Bill Burr. You know, you know Bill Burr, the actor, the comedian. Yeah. Yeah, he has a he has a role that's on there. I saw him talking about it uh, a know, few months before it came out. So I'm thinking his 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 bounty hunter part comes into the fray. You know, but it would be cool to see Boba listed on the cast, and we haven't seen yet is Giancarlo Esposito, Gus from Breaking Bad. Oh, his yeah, that's right. His they, they were talking about it might be his character as well. So it can go either way, man. But I love it when they leave it on a cliffhanger, you know. Yeah, and I do love just the whole concept of the series. You can have something totally different 
each week. Like he's not tied down by the Skywalkers or the Force or the Jedi. Like he's really just hopping from planet to planet and you get like a different adventure every week. It's great. Right. You know what I'm saying? You get adventure each week because he's going after a different bounty every week or or they're coming after him, but it all centers around you know, baby Yoda. Yeah. Or the, or the, the, the child. He made, you know? Yeah. The decision he made to rescue the child and break from the guild as it's referred. Right. So it's like, yeah, you're right. You can go any other way. And now, I mean, it makes it interesting for the show. It's going to make it interesting for other star future Star Wars projects. Cause I, I'm sure these big wigs in Disney are looking at it like, wow, we got to hit on our hands. Yeah. What else, what else are we going to do? Let's follow this format. Just, just like I said, how DC should scrap everything they're doing right now and follow the Joker format. That's what that's what Star Wars needs to do right now. After, you know, after Christmas, after the uh, the last episode, you know, airs. <laughs> this is the format they should go because it has that Star Wars feel to it. It has that adventure, and it, you don't need the Skywalkers, right? Which is, you know, so like, it's so, so right. You're so it's right. It's kind of like refreshing to expand upon the galaxy outside of the one family and all, all their co, all their, you know, constituents, I guess. Um, right. But yeah, um, and, one thing I love too is the music. Like, the music kind of reminds me of some Mask of Zorro type shit, you know? Oh, I love, I love the beginning, the, uh, the, the Mandalorian theme song. I love it. Do, 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 do. And it's like, oh, I love it, dude. It gets me like hyped up. I want to like, I want to like shoot somebody with his gun and make them like just disappear. And you know, so the, the Mandalorian as a character too. You know, the fact that he doesn't really have a name, like he's got that mystery behind him, and he's pretty unpredictable. Like, you'd think you you know you see the armor, you know a little bit of the backstory, you think you know what his next move is gonna be, but he does surprise you with some of the decisions he makes. Um, and how faithful he's been to Baby Yoda, or whatever what, the child—I guess we'll just refer to him as the child because we don't know what he is. But right, you know, he's really acting in the best interest of Baby of, of the child. I keep saying Baby Yoda, uh, and uh, I love I love the opening of Chapter Five when the bounty hunter is chasing him down in his ship, and he says the line that he said in uh, Chapter One. He says, "I can bring you in warm, I can bring or you in warm, or I can bring you in cold." And then right. he has that that superhero cheesy line delivery. You know, that's my line. <laughs> it was great. Right. Right. It was, yeah. It was like star Wars, cheesy goodness, man. <laughs> but, um, like, yeah, I can't say enough of this. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so happy with Mandalorian that I'm excited for the Marvel shows that are coming. I'm excited for the, for the other star Wars shows that are coming. You know, it's like, like this is their first, first, live action on either Marvel or Star Wars and it's doing this good and it's written this well. Yeah. It's like you guys have a formula off rip that works. Do not stray from it. You know what I'm saying? So Most definitely. pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised no, for sure. Pleasantly surprised. And I like the fact that you can bundle you can bundle Disney Hulu and ESPN plus for like thirteen bucks a month. That's not bad. No, not bad at all. So I'm I'm sitting here Watching UFC, you know what I'm saying? When I, I should be getting off of, uh, you know, paying money for it. I got, I'm watching UFC. I'm watching, uh, what's his face get his freaking 
lip torn off. So I'm like, I'm so glad I, I actually got this. You know, I'm so glad I bundled these three together for 13 bucks a month. It's a steal. And I just, there's so much stuff on Hulu. There's so much stuff on uh, Disney Plus. There's, you know, ESPN Plus. You can watch the stuff that, you know, doesn't air. And another thing with Hulu, I've been, since it's Disney now too, and it's, you know, and it's rated, you can put rated R stuff on there. They're talking about rebooting the uh, the Marvel Netflix series is on there. Yeah. One, one of these days we'll get Disney Plus to sponsor us. We have to, dude. <laughs> we, we, love, we love Disney too, so much, man. Disney, Hulu, ESPN, we don't care who you are. You see, see, you guys can jump between the geekdom and the sports. So can we. We jump between Hulu and Disney to ESPN. That's what we do. We were born. This, this is this is the format of the show, baby. We're like, you know, what I'm we're saying? like Derek we need to, we need to get sponsored by all three of them. We're like Derek Rose. Born to do this shit, <laughs> right? We're born to do this, baby. Speaking of that, dude, did you? How, how, man, are you glad that we could actually have an ISO player to go to at those last nine seconds of a tied game? You know, what I'm saying that, that that's when the ISO ball to me matters most. You right. Know? And that's a whole other story, but yeah, they go did on. have that last year. It was just Blake Griffin, which is you know he's got a lot of skills, but maybe going ISO isn't his his most prominent skill set. Right, but his ISO is back down, back down, back down, right, back exactly. down, bully ball, yeah. trying to dunk it in. No, it's not going to work, buddy. The thing about the Pistons is they have so many pieces that I think would be really good for other teams or in another system. That's just like when you put them together, it just doesn't mesh. Like if you just had. Derek Rose and we're like building an encore around him or if you just had Blake and we're doing something with that or if you just had Andre but the fact that you got all three I think it kind of complicates some things but I'm really hoping they're kind of movers at at the trade deadline I, I would like to see Derek Rose stay in a Detroit uniform because I think he's the cheapest and could probably go maybe longer than Blake could but yeah, I've been seeing some rumors about them trying to go after D'Angelo Russell. I'll be down for that. Uh, it would depend what you're giving up, obviously. It's like, would you rather have D'Angelo Russell or, say, the number 10 pick? You might rather have D'Angelo Russell, but it, it depends what, what you're getting. And, you know, the Pistons, they haven't really had a, a good first-round pick in a long time. So, Right, right. That's true, too. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell and Blake would be awesome. Like especially if they if they take uh, Andre off our hands, but we'll oh, see. God, you and I, be, you and I have been be talking great. about the Warriors. Like, dude, if the Warriors get the number one pick and take James Wiseman, and then next year get Steph Curry and Clay Thompson back, it's 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 like they just took a year off from their dominance. They're just like, nah, you got everybody else can have this year. We're just gonna we're just gonna take it easy this this go around. Right. Well, well, Steve Kerr saying that you know he's enjoying the season yeah because he doesn't they, they don't have <laughs> they don't have this build-up pressure they don't have this big like oh you know need to win they're not like slated to do like really anything this year so it's like way less let's just kick back and now. let these right let's just kick back and let these young cats play it's, it's funny you know because now like the rest of the pressure shifts towards the rest of the nba especially the western conference there's more pressure on teams like denver and the the los angeles teams because it's like you don't know, like, this is the first time in forever that the Warriors aren't the Warriors. Like, 2014 was the last time they weren't the team coming out of the East, and they were still a player in the East that year. So now it's like, yeah, I think the Lakers right now are playing the best. I don't know if I would say they are the best team. I think 
LeBron and Anthony Davis are meshing a lot better than I thought they would. Right. I thought they'd be like name brands, Blake and Andre playing together, but no, they they've actually kind of taken to each other a lot better. And I and Caruso has kind of been the surprise of that team. Oh, that dude can leap for being a white guy, huh? <laughs> right. Jeez, oh man, dude. What and I, one one thing though, he just needs to he needs to go ahead and just bick it. I was, he needs to just bick his head. He I was just to, gonna like, say what he lacks in in a full head of hair, he makes up for with his with his hops. Absolutely, or or at least get that like implant where they take your butt hair <laughs> and you know put it on your head. You know something, dude. It looks so cheesy, but you know I guess. You don't need to really worry about that when you're playing ball the way you're playing and you're making the money that you're playing. I think that I think he'll be okay in that department, no, no right. doubt. I would I would trade places with him for sure. Right, right. Give me that hairline and that paycheck, buddy. <laughs> for sure. I think that covers everything we want to get to on this one. Yes, sir. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to Beers for Radio. We're very close to reaching a thousand listens since we joined Anchor about a year ago. So Make sure you give us a listen, all our, all our other episodes a listen. You can check out Sasha on his other cast, Talk and Shoot. Yep, on crbradio.com uh, or the CRB Radio app in your app store. And uh, I got another podcast I mentioned as well, the Paul Bunyan podcast, dealing with Michigan and Michigan State, deep dives, football, basketball. That's about it. Maybe we'll talk about some hockey, but we'll see. Uh, that's available everywhere that this one is available so yeah check us out it is the way (laughs) i have spoken (laughs) see you guys later